0: Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. We make podcasts, we ride bikes, you listen, you tell us if you like it or you don't. Love to hear from you. Email us podcast at KiwiRider.co.nz. My name's Ray here, and joining me this week it is Matthew Day Gillett from onthrottle.co.nz. Hello, Matt.
1: Hey Ray, been a while. Couple
0: of days, couple of days. Actually, been a while. It has, (laughs) Uh, but something rather big has happened in the world of motorcycling, namely Eikma, and um, there's no one better that I know to talk to about what happened than the man who writes the news for Kiwi Rider.
1: .co.nz. Oh, thanks, man.
0: Give us a quick rundown for any of our listeners that don't know what
1: EICMA is. What is it? Uh, EICMA, so basically it is uh, the international motorcycle show uh, to be at. It's based in Milan, Italy. And it tends to be, because it's the last big international motorcycle show of the year, the place where we see the most new metal shown from all the manufacturers. So it's the place where we're sort of, if we've had hints that something's coming, chances are it's going to be unveiled at EICMA.
0: And it's the first year that has happened in a few years that hasn't had some kind of massive um, implications by the global pandemic, so it was a big one this year.
1: Yeah, big one, but also disappointing in some ways, I found. Um, There wasn't quite the number of new models um, announced that I was hoping for, but there were some pretty cool stuff. Um, shown off so um, shall we get into it
0: Yeah let's dive through it Um, I know there's about 7 out of this list of 10 I've got in front of me that kind of uh, impact us here in New Zealand and then maybe afterwards we can touch on some of the things we expected to see that didn't if there are any of those Um, but the first ones off the uh, first cabs off the rank are those Suzukis so we've got two new Suzukis on the way the DL800DE and the GSX-S8 which is a terrible name. <laughs> it is a
1: bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Um, it's, yeah, it's, it is what it is. They couldn't call it an SV8 because it doesn't have a V-twin engine. It is a brand new parallel twin. Uh, the first brand new engine, or brass, most, bleh, the, <laughs> the first completely new bikes from Suzuki in quite some years uh, which is quite exciting I find so
0: they are actually completely
1: new completely so brand new parallel to an engine uh, which is shared between the two bikes they have uh, completely new frames so they haven't just reused the DL1000 or DL 650 frame for the DL800 it's completely new steel frame uh that in itself is a new thing for the V-strom line uh, they've always had aluminium frames. Uh power. Um, so this bike's going these bikes are gonna be going up against um, some other particular big hitters in the industry. So, namely the Honda Hornet and Honda Transalp, maybe the Tenere 700, but not so much. I don't think. Definitely the MTO7 though. Uh, so the new engine. We'll kick off with that, shall we? It's a 776cc parallel twin. Uh, with a 270 degree crank so it should sound like a v-twin even though it is not um so it should sound good because your bike's got a 270 degree crank ray and that sounds awesome
0: and i reckon this is going up i i think you say not it's not but i reckon this is going to go up against that bike and even if it's not in direct competition it's going to be um you know people are going to view it in that in that that category
1: yeah that's a it's a real interesting one that, eh? The DL800DE. So it's got a 21-inch front wheel. Take a, the, the engine talk aside for a minute. 21-inch front wheel, 17-inch rear wheel. Um, so it's not as aggressive off-roady as the Tenere. Um It's got more tech. It's got a bigger fuel tank, uh, much more substantial subframe. Um, it's more of the tour up, two-up tour adventure tourer then the Tenere is basically a solo adventurer's bike. Uh, you do have some pretty good ground clearance. Um, trying to see if I've got the um, specs near me. I don't think I do. 220 mil um,
0: of suspension travel front and rear, uh, 220 mil of ground clearance, show a suspension. Um, and you were going to give us information on power output, yeah?
1: Yeah, power. So it's 62 kilowatts, which is about 85. 80- 284 horsepower Um, so a little bit more power than the Tenere but it is substantially heavier, Um, like I said it's got a much beefier subframe um, and it's got a lot more tech than a Tenere, it's about 230 kilograms um, which yeah that's a bit more oomph than it but uh, it's also kind of offset by the features it's going to have so interestingly enough despite having a ride by wire uh, throttle uh, no cruise control.
0: Mm, that's a bit of a miss considering all the tech's kind of already there, right?
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be something that's added down the line as an optional extra Um, because, yeah, ride by, ride by Wire, if you can get it in a sub $10,000 bike in a CF moto, surely Suzuki can do it. But they've got all the other tech. It's got a lovely TFT dash, um, rider modes, comes in some really hot colours too. Have you seen the um colours it comes in? Champion Yellow Number 2 Um. Is definitely my favourite. That's the yellow bike. Um, it also comes in glass matte mechanical grey, which is a bit. Meh. I'm looking
0: at that now. the The mechanical grey with uh, yellow flex and um, things. It's it, I, I don't actually mind the look of the bike. It's it's in keeping with the DR Big styling of the other bikes in the range. Um, it's got LEDs all round. They've gone for this kind of dual one on top of the other headlight system, and it's got that beak that you 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 know you expect to see on the V-Stroms
1: these days. Not an ugly looking bike. It definitely is an evolution of what we've seen on the VStrom platform. So it's an evolution of the DL1050, which you've ridden. Um, It's just yeah, a bit more modernized, um, smaller windscreen, though it is adjustable, apparently. Um, Honestly, I really dig the look of this thing. It looks very comfortable. Um, It's got a touring seat, not a dirt bike inspired seat, which... Um, immediately turn some people off like oh you can't move your butt on the seat yeah i think it's going to be a great adventure tour uh, you could take it into some pretty interesting places like it, it does have the ground clearance and that front wheel the rear tire choice is going to be the big one with the 17 inch rear which is tubed But other than that, I'm really looking forward to seeing this bike arrive. Um, Expected sometime mid-next year.
0: And pretty cool to see that they've put that same engine into a, um, what is it, kind of a naked road version?
1: Yeah, I'd call it a a naked or roadster. Um, It kind of has vibes to me of a Katana, but it's in a much smaller um, sort of package, really. The GSX-8, GSX-8S so that, I knew I'd forgotten a bit um yeah so that's a basically it's going to go directly head to head with the Hornet um from Honda because similar engine size similar power output also it'll kind of go against the MTO7 HO um but that's getting a bit long in the tooth now and it's yeah it'll be interesting with those new updates Yamaha have put in with the mt 7 to see if that sort of maintains its following Um, personally I think it looks a hell of a lot better than the, the Yamaha and it's a bit more out there um the Honda it's just a bit safe looking if you know what I mean like the Honda haven't really gone out of any comfort zone in the styling department they've just used CV inspired like this is what our bikes look like um so I think it's an interesting bike um, load of technology it's got TFT dash bi-directional quick shifter as factory uh, traction control and rider modes um, and it only loses one kilowatt to the V-Strong uh, so it's got a peak power of 61 kilowatts apparently so uh, Suzuki has done a lot of work on this parallel twin it's really well balanced apparently it's got a special um, proprietary um, counterbalancer system in it and yeah, it's going to be very interesting. um One thing that I've seen so many people gloss over or just completely miss, though, is these two bikes are not replacing the SV650 and DL650 in Suzuki's lineup. um Suzuki's boss man at Eichma, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, he said essentially that the SV650 and DL650 are a part of Suzuki's heritage. They're V twins, people love V twins, and they are the only. Bikes that are a B twin in the market that are in that affordable end. So Suzuki's going to keep making them so long as people want them, which I think is quite cool.
0: Which is very Suzuki, isn't it? The D- oh, 650 yeah. As long well, as people well, keep buying it, we're going to keep making it.
1: Exactly. And why wouldn't you? Like the SV650 has such a cult following around it. Like it's. A go-to track bike um it's a great commuter it's a weekend warrior it's one of those sort of jack of all trades the dl650 a little bit more so if you're into touring um i think it's yeah it makes sense that they're keeping those on and they paid for the tooling y- yonks ago so bold new graphics from here on out but um hey like i said like they're gonna keep making them as long as people keep buying them and Current price for a SV650 is under ten grand at the moment. While we're recording this, Suzuki's got a deal on uh, Suzuki Fest up until the end of the, the year. So long as there is stock on the floor, like bikes physically there, you can buy an SV for under ten grand.
0: So that's two big uh, announcements from Suzuki at Ikema, but going right up against Suzuki, matching them. Step for step, blow for blow. Honda have released uh, the TransAlp. As well as another bike, which we'll get to next. But let's dive into the Transalp because we are adventure riders first and foremost. Well, that's what we've kind of been labelled as.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah, adventure bike riders or small bike people, uh, for, in my case. Um, Transalp, yeah, it's another sort of Honda. Haven't really gone too crazy on the styling. It looks very much like a slightly grown-up CB 500 X. Is uh, the same engine as the uh, new Honda Hornet, so that's Honda's new 755cc parallel twin. Uh, power is 90 and a half horsepower, or 67.5 kilowatts. So, definitely has um, a foot ahead of the Suzuki in terms of power. 75 newton meters of torque. Uh, weight, though, for the trans out, uh, Honda have done really well here. Um, the bike is 208 kilograms um curb but that is in its base trim which um we'll get to in a minute um so show a suspension um upside down fork um pro at the rear they haven't really gone all out on the suspension department you've got preload adjustment only at both ends nothing too fancy um but considering what the transalp's always been it's always been that adventure traveler Um, being able to adjust your preload so that your bike sits as it should with with however much weight you've got on it Um, that's kind of like the bare minimum and yeah it'll be interesting what the bike's priced at ground clearance is noted as 210 millimeters so decent ground clearance though 200 mil of travel front and 190 mil of travel at the rear so a little bit less than the v-strom there and yeah the honda haven't really gone out in terms of features so the base bike with specs we just read off there um that is the bike without hand guards without crash protection without a skid plate um there's a lot of stuff that you probably want to have if you're gonna adventure ride this bike that aren't included in that base bike and who knows how much the crash bars the skid plate um, and all the other accessories are gonna weigh the bike down so it could potentially be a bit more um towards the weight of the new V strom, but it's already what one or two kilos heavier than the um tenor- Though it does have a TFT and all the modern faff with it as well.
0: Yeah, so 10 years since they last produced a, a Transalp uh, and back for 2023. Striking looking bike. Uh, don't mind it. I'm a sucker for those gold wheels though.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not allowed to have a bike with gold wheels apparently, but I'm going to hopefully break that one day uh, when I ever manage to have enough money for another motorcycle. Um, yeah, the styling is... Yeah, it's like I said, it's a bit like the CB500X. It's nothing too exciting. Um, It definitely looks good once you start adding on Honda's accessory packages. So they've got a few um, packages that you can sort of order from the dealership apparently, um, which include, I'm just gonna look it up here. One was a rally pack, one was like a travel pack and a commuter pack and stuff. Um, You can get like a top box, you can get some hard cases. Uh, The one I liked was, um, I believe it's called the Rally Pack, which adds lower crash bars and an aluminium skid plate, and it makes the bike look like a TransAlp really should. Uh, You know how sort of you think back to the old TransAlps and they always had that big, beefy factory skid plate. The fairing went all the way down. Um, Yeah, with the Rally Pack, you probably can't see that at all. (laughs) Um, no, that's not gonna work. Basically, it looks like a trans app should. Another thing that sort of hints at this isn't really the adventure bike to beat the tenere um, is it's got a really low-hanging exhaust. Um, the exhaust comes sort of up and it covers the brake caliper. So if you think about where your brake caliper is on most um adventure bikes, it's pretty damn low. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that takes a fall.
0: If you know what the Tenero 700 looks like, it's basically in the same place, although they've done something slightly different with the exhaust hanger, and that it looks like it's bolted to the pillion peg, which in turn is bolted to the subframe. So we'll be interested to see how that bends.
1: Yeah, subframe, it's all one piece. It's all welded together. So the V-Strom has a bolt-on subframe, which is a tick in that column, I think. Um but yeah it's all it's your classic adventure bike thing it's all about compromises isn't it but yeah the trans does look kind of cool it doesn't have an adjustable windscreen either what you see is what you get um so you'll be relying on the aftermarket to sort of fill in certain gaps um does have some cool electronics though you've got five stages of torque control um which i believe is basically honda's fancy word of traction control Wheel sizing, it's got proper off-road wheel sizing at least. You've got a 21-inch wheel at the front, 18 at the back, 9090 90 tyre at the front, 150-70-18 at the rear, so you should be able to at least get some decent off-road tyres even if you're not going to be hammering it off-road. Um, you're going to have a lot more options there, I think.
0: Maybe not the most exciting new model to come out of Ikema, but we've got another bike from Honda, the CL500.
1: Yeah, it's one I I've not actually written anything about it yet um, for either my website or for KR. Um, but I think it's kind of cool. And it's been a while since Honda's really done anything with that CB500 platform uh, with their parallel twins. And this is sort of a scrambler variant, which, yeah, it, it looks cool. Um, center set pegs, um, big wheels. I think they're spoked wheels as well. One thing that sort of kind of wears me out, though, is the exhaust. The size of it and the placement of it really doesn't—it doesn't scream high performance scrambler to me, um, like a giant cannon stuck to the side of it.
0: Yeah, but uh, my question with that, and, and it seems to be a thing we say a lot about new motorbikes, especially this year, is, ah, oh, the bike looks great, but the exhaust looks like crap. Obviously, these big exhausts are part of the Euro five, Euro six, whatever we're up to now, standard. Are they just putting the biggest thing, the most restrictive thing they can think of, on there, with the expectation that most riders are going to swap it out?
1: Well, I think part of it is you're right, is um, Euro five, and a lot of bikes have the catalyst, the catal, the yeah, the catalyst, catalyser, whatever, um, built into the exhaust can, uh, like you've got a collection box down the bottom of the um, CL five hundred, um, and I think all the emissions stuff is in that massive can. Um, I'm looking at pictures of it now, and cast wheels it looks like it's got the wheels pinched from the cb500x though it's got some cool kind of retro features to it it's got twin rear shocks instead of a mono monoshock uh, you've got a pretty simple circular um gauge on the front with your speedo um and it's got a rev counter not a rev counter sorry gear position indicator and a fuel gauge like real basic stuff Honda's gone for that um, inverted LCD. Um, it's not a TFT or anything. So it's sort of that whitish grey um, lettering with a black background. And I just don't think those kinds of displays really work that well in real life. But
0: Could we say the styling of this bike is more of a scrambler version of the Rebel?
1: Yes, I think that would probably be the best way to describe it. Instead of having it's kind of a if a rebel 500 and a cb 500x had a love child that's the cl 500 um and yeah i i don't mind it really um i think the world needs more scramblers um comes in some cool colors you got a blue an orange a black and a sort of khaki green which looks pretty cool
0: mm. It's like a matte matte Kermit green. Um, I see here 45.9 horsepower, uh, 32 foot-pounds of torque, if you're talking uh, um, eagle currency. And um, I like it. I think I like it.
1: I think it'll be cool. Depending on what um, accessories you can get for it as well, it'll fit a nice sort of place in the market because there aren't really a lot of lambs-approved scramblers Um, and not ones that have the build quality and reputation as as Honda does. Um, So, so long as it sort of finds its audience, shall we say, um, I think it will be a cool addition to the Honda showroom. g'day. Sorry to interrupt your podcast
0: listening. I just wanted to ask you a quick question. How's your summer of riding going? I know mine's going incredibly well and stress free because my bike is covered by Protector Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles by motorcyclists. You know, not all insurance is created equally and it pays to check the policy wording. Protector has some of the best policy wording I've seen and they not only cover my bike if I crash it, but it's covered in transit and for theft as well. My gear is all covered they give me my ride forever fees back each year and they can cover me for track days too. Protectorinsurance.co.nz and get a quote today. You might be surprised. Thanks very much, Protector, for sponsoring this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast. Right, back into the show. No. Next up is an utterly fantastic yet rather futuristic looking scooter from Italijet.
1: <laughs> is it a scooter though, really? Um, I had, I put a whole video together on basically the, this bike confuses the shit out of me um, because it looks like a scooter, but then it has so many non-scooter things on it. I don't know if you can really call it a scooter.
0: It definitely blurs the lines, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Should we go over the main points? So um, I'll just bring up my little word doc I put together when I was um, rabbiting at my camera um, the other day um so it's called the dragster 500 gp concept from italjet so um i've ridden the dragster 200 um, which is a quirky very look at me um particularly practical scooter from italjet um it's quick though um i think it would give um, my 250 rally a um, bit of a workout if we were in a bit of a drag race but the 500 gp it's sort of It takes what the Dragster 125 and 200 look like, um, sort of, and it just makes it menacing, low down, futuristic. It's got a real good stance to it, but it's also got a 450cc single-cylinder engine, six-speed gearbox, so no CVT, and it puts down 43 horsepower and 43 newton-meters of torque. It all sounds quite cool until you sort of start going into the potential negatives um So, you've got like this all this power. You've got a manual gearbox, which is cool, but it's meant to be a scooter. Scooters are meant to be easy to ride. Scooters are meant to be practical, and I don't really understand like who this bike is for. Um, you've, so, the Dragster 200 Two Hundreds priced from nine thousand nine hundred and forty nine dollars. This thing does away with the weird. Front swing arm suspension jobby that the Italjet 200 has. And it has upside down forks that are adjustable. Uh, you've got twin discs
0: on the front wheel,
1: massive Brembos. Like it's, they've really, really gone out and it weighs in dry 180 kilograms. So once you add in oil, uh, full 12 liters of fuel for the fuel cell and coolant um, you'd be knocking on the door of 200 kilograms and then when you go back to that power output of 43 horse it, it sounds it doesn't sound like it's really gonna be all that exciting or as exciting as it looks in real life you know what i mean like 43 horsepower and two nearly 200 kilos like it'll be fun and like you'll be able to yeah have a bit of fun at the lights and it looks low down and all that but I, I don't understand it and it's it looks really really cool and on the paper it sounds really cool but in practice I just don't understand how it's going to work.
0: So watch this space for the Hotel jet Dragster 500 GP concept but something a little closer to home you've been riding a few of these lately Royal Enfield have a super meteor.
1: Yeah I am um, It's interesting Enfield finally has done something else with that 650 twin engine. Um, It's been, what, I think it was 2017, the 650 twin platform came out. So we're, what, five years down the track and they've just added a cruiser to the lineup. Everyone's sort of been going, oh, we want a parallel twin Himalayan. Um, And Enfield's gone, oh, yeah, parallel twin Himalayan. Well, we'll we'll get onto that. But look, here's a cruiser. (laughs) Like... um, it's a it's a big brother to the meteor, which is in itself a pretty cool little bike. Um, I'm not yet um I haven't ridden one yet, but it's got the cool little tripper navigation pod that Royal Enfield does. Um it's done in collaboration with Google and it'll display turn by turn and directions to you straight on your dash. Um and that um, parallel twin engine's lovely. Like I did an overnight trip to Masterton and did a thousand K's in under twenty four hours on it. With the cafe racer, the Continental GT, and it's an awesome bike. Um, awesome engines, just you can really, really just enjoy it. Um, so, a cruiser option, six
0: forty-six cc tubular uh, engine uh, pushing out a lazy, they say, forty-seven horsepower.
1: Yeah. So, I think it's. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to bring up the uh, <laughs> super meteor. There we go. Yeah, I think it gives Royal Enfield a cool new option for um their market and sort of you notice they don't do anything bigger than the six fifty twins. They sort of they want to own that sort of lower, smaller capacity end of the market. And this will go a long way for broad, broadening their appeal. Like I look at it and I go, that's a really handsome looking motorcycle. Um it's got forward pegs like an American cruiser, but it looks like a British parallel twin, like i'm getting hints of uh triumph speedmaster um led headlight a uh, nice big alloy wheel it looks like it's got a really nice stance to it so um, it'll be really really interesting to see what it is priced at when it comes to new zealand and being infield they've got a shit ton of accessories just waiting to bolt on like windscreens and um pillion seats luggage and all that um i think it's a cool new option and yeah just gotta wait until Enfield does something else with that engine like I want a Scrambler (laughs) or a parallel twin Himalayan like I think they've got this engine it's Euro 5 compliant Uh, the sky's the limit they should be making all sorts of bikes with this engine and they're sort of just slowly working their way through it
0: alright and the last one on my list but definitely not the last bike uh, that we saw come out of Ikema but they were the last one of note shall we say the Benelli BKX250 this is kind of cool
1: I think it's kind of cool too um, again a new sort of bike from Benelli we don't really get any small bikes um, from Benelli here in New Zealand uh, and I think this BKX is kind of an interesting prospect shall we say
0: it gives um, small uh, KTM Vibes almost um almost super motard Vibes
1: yeah it's quite futuristic looking oops wait I've just clicked on the wrong picture eh.
0: while you're working that out I'll throw I'll rattle off some specs um single 280 mm disc up front 240 disc down the back uh powered by a a liquid cooled single cylinder engine, 25 horsepower and 15 foot pounds of torque, it's a 250cc obviously, but I like that they've thought about the uh, the market, the people that are going to use this bike because they've included a USB socket for your GPS or phone um, and what's that, a three and a half gallon tank, I don't I, I, I'm just reading an American website here. I can't tell you what that translates to.
1: Yeah, three and a half gallon is well, a gallon in the US is three point eight liters. So ten we'll liter tank. Oh, yeah. So it kind of would be. It's a more sort of racy looking. Um, yeah, more modern looking bike to go up against, say my Rally 250. Um, I really like the look of it. It's kind of. The aesthetic of it like I'm, when you said ktm it reminds me of the old 640 adventure the one which had the sort of two little circular lights and the big sort of hood um it looked like for the fairing um, i'm getting major vibes of that and they also do a motard version as well um, the bkx 250s uh, which comes on 17 inch rims which i kind of get the feeling that um, benelli really wants to take it to ktm because KTM sort of owns this sphere with the small bikes like that can do dual duty. So they've got like the 390 Adventure, 390 Duke, Duke 200, um, all that sort of thing. This little bike could be quite interesting.
0: Forget about the engine size. It gives me um, Ducati Hypermotard vibes.
1: Yeah, though I, I do think the headlight is a bit unfortunate. It does look a bit Yamahari-y. Um, Oh, those and
0: that's not a good d- thing in LEDs. this day and age.
1: No, but thankfully Yamaha didn't really do anything interesting in Eikmas, so we don't need to mention them again. <laughs> They're also doing, like, just as an aside, um, a TRK251, which is this another, basically it's a touring version of the TRK with a small 249cc um, engine. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure that'll probably find its own market as well. It, styling doesn't really do it for me on the trk 251 um but i imagine being half the engine size of 502s um it'll be priced very very attractively Um, but yeah the bkx line that we started on um i think they're pretty pretty cool looking like really cool looking
0: just quickly rattling through some other stuff that came out of the ducati monster new engine there going to a uh, uh are they going to a v4 or from a v4 uh to a v4 there you go um indian they've got a slightly updated model of the ftr 1200 uh yamaha mt10 basically the same but god whoever's designing yamaha's bikes at the moment needs to be shot Um, BMW S1000R don't know what the difference is there but you know it was there, it was announced Um, Kawasaki ZH2 more of the same craziness from those guys in green Uh, Triumph Speed Triple 1200 RS gets a new slightly new look Um, nothing crazy new there but you know they were there they, they took part
1: Speaking of Kawasaki, they actually did have something kind of crazy and new and interesting. They had a couple of EV bikes, um, believe it or not, um, which they aim to launch next year. Um, so they look like they were based off the uh, Ninja Four Hundred and uh, Z Four Hundred, sort of that sort of mid-size, lambs-approved size bike. Uh, They didn't really give too much away in terms of um, what these bikes are going to have power-wise or weight-wise or anything like that, Um, but they do have two removable battery bags, which are 12 kilos each, um, or 12 kilos, they say, Um, and battery capacity is up to 3.0 kilowatt hours, so yeah, 3.2 kilowatt hours, that Harley Livewire was... 15 off the top of my head um so it'll be very interesting they look kind of cool they look like a kawasaki ninja and a z should do they just don't have an exhaust um and they also had a um hydrogen um electric i blah, 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 blah blah they had a hybrid bike there as well um which can switch between an ev mode and a hybrid fuel engine mode um and they're saying that they're trying to be make that available by 2024 so hybrids and electrics are coming from a mainstream japanese manufacturer like they haven't given us really any information other than a couple of pictures and a small paragraph describing the bike but surely this is sort of the first salvo like all the japanese manufacturers and everything have been working towards electrification um, and swappable battery tech has been a big part of this so kawasaki being the first to announce something next year i imagine we're going to get all the announcements from the likes of honda ktm piaggio all the people that were in that big cartel um, of um, working towards this motorcycle electrification it could be very interesting next year
0: but that pretty much wraps up uh the Ikema mega show um matt uh, at the start, we mentioned that there were some bikes or some things that we expected to hear, but we didn't. Um, what were you ex- uh, What were you surprised not to
1: hear? Oh well, royal Enfield Twin Cylinder Himalayan has been rumored for years, and for them to come out with a Super Meteor and nothing there—that was interesting for me. Um, I was also kind of expecting just more bikes in general like Eichmer is it's a big deal in the motorcycle world and essentially honda and suzuki stole the show like we led our podcast with those bikes everyone's sort of focused on those bikes a lot of the other stuff hasn't really gotten a lot of press coverage because yeah i don't want to say it was a lackluster event this year but Normally, there is screeds and screeds and screeds of press releases to go through. Awesome bikes to look at.
0: Usually, there's so many bikes that we can hardly keep up with it all. Yeah,
1: and this year, it's mostly updates from last year. So, there's um, the Benelli 702 TRKs 800. um, Those bikes are yet to arrive in the flesh. Uh, MV Augusta, they're um adventure bikes they got another look we're making adventure bikes but those bikes have yet to materialize in the real world they debuted at last Eichmann um so yeah kind of kind of disappointing that there wasn't more just new metal and it seems everyone's still focusing on adventure bikes which for you and me we like that sort of thing but it seems like the motorcycle markets sort of become very one-eyed um, and I was kind of hoping for some more sports tours sort of in line like the TI, uh, the Triumph Tiger 660 or an updated Versys or something to sort of just take a step back from all this off road stuff because a lot of people are scared by gravel and yeah it's nice to think that oh yeah it could be an adventure rider but most people spend 90% of their time on the road even when you're an adventure rider so yeah it would have been nice to see something in that sphere.
0: mmm well, there you go. What about you? Uh, I was expecting, and I have nothing to back this up, but I was expecting more electricness, ness ness mm. um, I'm kind of surprised that Livewire hasn't had an update at bare minimum or a new model come out. Um,
1: yeah. I would love they to seem hear to be more very from- very focused on the American market.
0: Yeah. I'd love to hear um. more from Energica.
1: Yeah. Um, I believe they had something there, but it didn't really scream new or cost-effective or it's, yeah, it didn't really scream anything. Like I basically saw a paragraph on something and I just scrolled right on past it. It didn't even excite me, just had a look.
0: A couple of new bikes from Honda and Suzuki who have been, for me, it seems the quieter manufacturers uh, of late and surprising not to have anything from Yamaha. I guess that
1: was my takeaways. Yeah, Yamaha has done a lot of updates to its models. So a lot of them are getting the TFTs and sort of big technology updates. Um, From my understanding with the brief email I've had with people at um, Yamaha Motor NZ, um, say the Tenere is going to get its TFT upgrade for the New Zealand market in the 2024 model. Um, So late next year, um, those bikes will start showing up um and i can't remember what they said about the world raid but yeah it's kind of like it for me like i said just before like it's we're so focused on that adventure segment now that we're not really seeing a lot of sort of the classics like yes the superbike is dead like essentially like the price of them's gone so far high that they're out of reach for the everyman track days are expensive speeding tickets are even more expensive um yeah, just some more realistic, fun bikes would be nice.
0: In the interest of um, complete uh, transparency, I did put uh, an email through to our friends at Ducati uh, Australia New Zealand um, and I said, hey, I'd love to, love to ride your, your Desert X, uh, put it head to head with my tenere. Uh, and they said, yeah, sure, if you want to come to Australia, by all means, uh, but we won't be giving you anything in New Zealand.
1: I went oh yeah they don't have a press fleet in new zealand or um the last time i had anything in new zealand it was out of uh cycle spot group um and it was their actual um demotor bike which i was lucky to have for 24 hours so ducati doesn't re- really do much in terms of press for new zealand um For the desert x launch they did no new zealand media were invited to my knowledge um so yeah it's an interesting one but then again they are ducati like they don't really need the likes of us to tout their brand for them do they they've got all the cachet they're ever going to need and that desert x does look damn cool Mm,
0: it was a cool bike when i did get to ride it uh shame i didn't get it for a a long period of time but um that may still be on the cards (laughs) Ho, ho ho! Merry Christmas! Right, it is December. And just before we end the show today, because the silly season is upon us, we know that buying gifts for motorcyclists in your life can be difficult. So we touch base with a few of our friendly New Zealand gear suppliers and ask them what they reckon a great Christmas gift for a motorcycle mad Kiwi rider for 2022 might be and here we go here's a couple of ideas we'll bring you a few more ideas each week leading up to christmas our friends at Forbes and davies suggested the ixo in exxon uh, jacket and pants spearheading the new generation of Exxon Adventure products, the Ragnar leaves nothing to chance in terms of safety and technology. This versatile 3-in-1 set can be adapted to suit any weather from the hottest of summer days right through to keeping you warm and dry through the depths of winter. The Ragnar is equipped with a high performance X-Dry waterproof and breathable laminated membrane along with a removable liner allowing you to enjoy all seasons and comfort available from all exxon available from all exxon dealers and leading moto apparel retailers in black red and gray sizes small through to 4xl uh, the jacket retails at 799 pants 599 might be a big ticket item for christmas but you know you can never be too safe and too well protected as well as being quite stylish for more on this you can check out motonz.com. oh item number two for center sack this week is something that well it's useful for on and off road riding the iphone or ipon chain gear pack both the on-road and off-road kit comes with uh, extreme chain cleaner extreme chain wax and a cleaning scrubby brush the brand is Ipone, I-P-O-N-E, your phone is probably going to try and autocorrect it to iPhone. However, it's a calcium sulfonate based chain lubricant, which is used to lubricate the chain and protect it against corrosion. It has been developed for road and off-road motorcycles with the aim of limiting splatter and ensuring that it remains present for a long time under, con- under intense conditions. Great for O, X and Z rings, its multi-position diffuser combines the power of a jet with the precision of a spray. The iPone Chain Cleaner is a solvent-based degreasing product that allows even the most stubborn grease to be dissolved without damaging any O, X or Z rings, and it can be used for road and off-road bikes as well as quads. And included in the kit is the iphone chain brush an essential tool for keeping your motorcycle chain spotless and running smoothly the multifaceted, ergonomically shaped brush is designed to clean all the sides of the chain at the same time and in between the links and rollers minimizing the need for future repair or replacement now the iphone chain care kit Comes with a 750ml can of the Ipone Extreme Chain Lube, a 750ml can of the iPhone Chain Cleaner, and one Ipone Chain Scrubby Brush. Thanks very much to our friends at MotoGear.co.nz. I've actually tried this out myself. Works absolutely outstandingly on the Beta RR430. Find out more at MotoGear.co.nz or check out MotoNZ.com. Retails at $69.50, a great stocking stuffer for a motorcyclist in your life. And the third and final item that you may want to put on your Christmas list wish list this year, LS2's all new Aura Pro goggles. They offer a class leading feature set and specs, ensuring you can focus and engage with your ride, dual injection moulded frame for optimised strength and durability, polycarbonate iridium lens as standard with premium anti-scratch coating and pinlock lock system offering unrivalled anti-fog, triple layer moulded foam provides a tight seal and actively wicks away any sweat from the eyes. The features include 360 degree ventilation, dual outrigger system pinlock ready removable nose guard 100 uva and uvb uvb protection 50 millimeter strap for easy adjustment with a thick silicon uh, strips on there for grip en1938 bar 2010 certified in the box you get even more than that you get a stand you get a standard tear off pack a laminated tear off pack spear spear clear lens and pinlock insert how cool is that And i got to say, the LS2 Aura Pro goggles do look pretty fantastic. If you want to find out more, check the link at motonz.com. They're $129 a pair. The ones I'm looking at come in a gorgeous red colour. And these would be the perfect stocking stuffer idea for a motorcycle mad rider in your life. You can even use them on road if you want, but probably best to use off-road. You know, motocross, trail riding, enduro, anything like that. The LS2 Aura Pro goggles in red with Iridium lenses. Yeah, Santa, put them in my stocking this year, would you? Ho
1: ho ho, Merry Christmas.
0: That pretty much wraps up our ICMA 2022 episode. Um, Matt's done write-ups on most of these bikes at onthrottle.co.nz. We've ported that through to uh, motonz.com and you'll find it probably in the next edition of Kiwi Rider magazine at kiwirider.co.nz as well. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can go to Matt's website, as I said, onthrottle.co.nz, my website, um, motonz.com or email podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. We're on all the social medias as well under Kiwi Rider Podcast, and uh, we put out videos on our respective YouTube channels, uh, MotoNZ.com we're getting very very close to that 1000 subscribers mark and I know Matt you're getting pretty close
1: as well Yeah I have been tracking between the two of us and we're neck and neck, yeah, it's kind of like a, a mental race I've got on uh, can I get to 1000 before Ray? It's
0: funny you um, say that because it's exactly what I've been thinking <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah it's, it's good fun really, it's good motivation um i've only like i did have a good head start on you because i sort of started my channel years and years ago but um yeah slowly creeping up there it's like the world's slowest loading screen if you sort of take the first two digits and then at a decimal point it's like watching it try and get up to 100 percent. and i've been hovering around that 70 75 for a while now um but nah it's all good fun and uh yeah, that's just another way of enjoying going out riding and having an excuse to go ride for me.
0: What have you got coming up in the near future? I mean, we've got uh, days or weeks between now and Christmas are limited. Uh, What have you got coming up?
1: Uh, In terms of YouTube or just in general riding?
0: Oh, a bit Um, of both? What's happening in your world?
1: Yeah, well, I've got this um, groovy little Royal Enfield Scram 411 at the moment, which I don't know when it's going to go back to um, the distributor, but Uh, My brother is quite keen on buying one of these and um, so I've been putting it through its paces. I worked out two important things yesterday on my ride. Um, One, having a windscreen is actually nice when you're riding through a thunderstorm. Um, And two, if you do a burnout to disable the ABS on the scram, because it doesn't have switchable ABS, it also switches off your speedo. So um, yeah, real thorough testing here.
0: Um, um, I've I've uh, somehow managed to come across a, uh, an Arai XD4, so that's what's happening in my world at the moment, testing the Arai XD4, putting it head to head with um, a few of the other uh, adventure style lids in the market, namely the um, Arrow Commander and the LS2 Pioneer Evo uh, so we've got quite quite a cross section of the as far as cost goes of the um, adventure helmets there so that'll all will be coming out at MotoNZ.com on Throttle.co.nz and of course on the podcast in the next uh, four weeks till Christmas can you believe it oh shit been to do my shopping otherwise thank you very much for listening this is Kiwi Rider Podcast I've been Ray I've been
1: Matt and I'm off to do my Christmas shopping
0: <laughs> keep the rubber side down throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time i yeah.